If the Minnesota Vikings can just get a couple of particular things right, they might just be able to pull off an upset today. And you don't have to take my word for it. It is Crossover Thursday with Locked On Eagles here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team each and every day. I'm Gino Camilleri, host of the Lockdown Eagles Podcast. Joined by my friend Luke Braun of the Lockdown Vikings Podcast. No, you are not in a time warp. No, this isn't Groundhog Day. It is once again week two between the Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings in prime time. Luke, we know what Minnesota did last week. They played Baker Mayfield. And now they're playing the Eagles once again. And I think both of these teams are in a spot where it's almost like a must win. The Eagles are injured. They're banged up a little bit coming off of a a win that they almost let slip away. And Minnesota, I'm sure you're feeling the same exact way. They got to come into this game and perform. I think the Vikings are under more pressure because they they could do the 0-2 thing. And the 0-2 thing doesn't have the same potency it used to now that there's a 17th game. There's one extra Mm -hmm. game to kind of make up make up for it. Um, I think it's more of an 0 and 3 thing, but the Eagles won their game. <laughs> as yeah, much as there was to be concerned about, I guess, but I guess I should probably ask you about that. Uh, the, the Eagles still, you know, they blow this one, they're 1 and 1. The Vikings could be the first 0 and 2 team four days into the season. That would be a, a, a pretty bad stinger to go into a, like a half a bye with. That's the thing. And walking away from that game, it's like you left so much meat on the bone. Very similar to week one last year where the Lions came within three points in a 38 to 35 shootout. And the narrative after week one was, oh, you just beat the Lions. And it kind Mm -hmm. of feels like that again. You just beat the Patriots. But as you said, a win is a win in this league. And the Eagles have been in this situation in the past. I think to the 2018-2019 team, people on our stream know that they let up so many different spots where they're up in games, especially against Tennessee and Carolina. They had double-digit leads going into the fourth quarter, and they blew those games. And to see them win that game against New England, it just feels like a breath of fresh air that even when Jalen Hurts, your best player, puts up his worst EPA performance in over a calendar year, you can still walk out and win that game. But now going into Thursday night, you're coming home with a lot of expectations, but you're going to be out multiple starters and your offense is coming off of a rusty week one. A win is a win, but the turnaround is really what matters. And this Eagles team has done a good job over the last two years of turning things around under Nick Sirianni after that slow start a couple years ago, starting two and five. Mm. Now it just seems very similar. You're in the exact same scenario you were last year, Lou or Luke, excuse me, get get my co-host mixed up here, but you're playing (laughs) primetime Kirk Cousins, which if you look at statistics... Hey, Thursday night Kirk Cousins is different, all right? He's never lost on Thursday night. Give us a story on Thursday night Kirk Cousins. There you go. Monday night's the thing. It's also a completely insane split if you want to... You're you're splitting like three games versus six games. The Kirk Cousins story, though, against the Eagles, outside of last year... It's been a lot of success. I think back to, I think it was 2018 when they played and 
Minnesota just did anything they wanted to them all game long. And it seemed like the Eagles could never get their footing to the under them. And I'm scared of that exact same thing happening. Like if you come out and you go three and out, they're able to run the ball with a little more success than they had last week. I know Madison didn't really get it going, but let's just say that happens and Kirk could get into that play action mode where you let Justin Jefferson run his routes for four to five seconds and get downfield and come uncovered. That's when they can be lethal from a storyline perspective. Is that what you are looking for your offense to come out and go toe to toe with an offense that should look to come and turn it around in week two? They need to find a way to get something sensible out of the run game. They can't be throwing away downs when they run the ball like they do. Um, like like what happened a bunch against the Buccaneers. It was just really, really inconsistent. Uh, mm. and, and it wasn't the same guy every time. You know, everybody made mistakes. Uh, Bucks have an insane front. I mean, with like Vita Bay and linebackers. Right. It's crazy, right? So you can kind of say, okay, well, maybe an easier matchup. But it's not like the Eagles are bringing scrubs, man. Like, yeah, no, I know. A, they got a bit of a defensive line too. So if you if you talk to Vikings fans right now, Vikings fans are like deep in the gallows. They're going, oh my God, we're going on two. We're going to get blown out on primetime by the Eagles again. And, and I, I think just because of what happened last year, because we were so high coming off of blowing out the Packers, we weren't even favored in that game. Like, that they were supposed to be this like kind of mediocre thing again. Mm-hmm. And the Packers were supposed to be the second coming again. And we kicked the crap out of them and we went, Oh my God, this could be something real. And we were super high coming into that Eagles game last year. And then we got our doors blown off. And then we went, Oh, okay, cool. We, we were actually, we are bad. And it, it, I think everybody in Minnesota is expecting the exact same thing to go. Well, that was our chance to get a win. Now we're going to be Oh, and two hope this isn't too painful. Like that's where Vikings fans are. Um, and, and I think sometimes when you are when you're you, you're in that place, I don't know where the Vikings themselves are, but I think sometimes when you're in that place, that's exactly when things can turn around and maybe you can go toe to toe here. Look, Justin Jefferson's insane. I will say last year there were a couple of games where Jefferson wasn't particularly productive, and I think a lot of it was schematic. I think the Eagles were the only team that actually manned him up and had success doing that. Some teams manned him up and gave up 180 yards. The Eagles manned him up with Darius Slay and had success with that. Um, and that that is a matchup with like, okay, how are you going to handle Jefferson? I got to ask everybody about, and I think we should talk about that later. Um, but it sounds like as much as, I mean, look, Eagles are 1-0. and you, you sound a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. And yeah, this is, this is a game where every week's a reset, you know? Mm-hmm. If, if, Y'all come out and beat the Vikings. You are not talking about barely beating Mac Jones anymore. It's never going to come up again. Right. If y'all come out and beat the Vikings by 30, you're going, okay, yeah, we're fine. And then you're probably just laughing at the Vikings. And, and if the Vikings come out and pull an upset, we're not talking about losing to Baker, Baker Mayfield anymore, right? So somebody gets to get some kind of mon- monkey off their back here. And that's the thing I'm worried about the most. And you're probably saying like, oh, they they won this game, right? They come off of a Super Bowl where they performed well, a great season. And the thing that makes me disappointed was the expectation. And as you said, with week two last year, you blow out the Packers, right? And you're like, oh, now we have expectations. Now we are expected to go out and win. Well, that was the moniker I'm holding the Eagles under. When you see what they did last year, Right. Even not playing in the preseason, you're expecting them to perform. Yeah, you should pick up where you left off. Your offensive line should not 
cumulatively rate at the 20th best pass block win rate in the league. That should never happen. That's your best unit on offense. Dallas Goddard should really? never have one. Yes. If you look at ESPN, uh, PFF, they all. This is the I thing Ben Baldwin, Baldwin just posted yeah, that yeah, like aggregated it all. And the, yeah. so the, the Eagles struggle. Did like, does that track? Did they struggle to protect? Oh, definitely. Taylor? Yeah. No, there were wow. times. So if you go to, if you look back at the film, a lot of people will talk about Dallas Goddard not getting the targets. Well, there were multiple times where they're trying to open things under or in the intermediate with him, where you usually have, like, let's say you run some sort of dagger pattern. You have the the slot guy go up and out and you have the guy run a, a straight release. Well, he's coming open a lot in the intermediate, but there's a rusher right in his face. And that's just uncharacteristic. And the Eagles offensive line is predicated on keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket. If you look at his splits as a pocket passer versus on the run last week, he was exponentially better throwing from the pocket. And that will probably blow your mind. But he was the number one pocket passer last year. I know you're yeah. a smart guy, Luke. You understand <laughs> no, I, that. that that's but, one of those weird things with runaround quarterbacks is everybody's like, oh, you got to keep him in the pocket, yeah. but you also have to pressure him in the pocket. You can't just give him a clean pocket. That's easier for everybody. <laughs> exactly. But no, he was under some duress last week. They couldn't really get the run game going. And as an offensive line where those are the two forefronts, your D line, your O line, that's what the game runs through. If you get back to, let's say even 75% of you, what you were last year, I don't even think they performed like 50 to 60% of what mm. their output could be then you're talking about seeing success. And we were talking about 35 plus point outings all off season long, and you're up 16, nothing. And your offense doesn't score a touchdown in nearly three and a half quarters. That's when the questions come into play. And that's the expectation element of it. Back with Gino in just a little bit, but first I've got a question for you. Are you prepared if you possibly get injured and you can't get to a doctor for whatever reason, maybe it's traffic or some kind of horrible uh, storm or something like that, that is where Jace Medical comes in. The Jace case, as it is, J-A-S-E, has five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and Jace Medical has a simple online form and in some cases, maybe a quick call with a uh, board certified physician to get on and they can give you ongoing care from physicians on any treatment related questions. Don't be caught unprepared in a situation where having the right supplies at home could very much be the difference between a bad situation, maybe getting a whole bunch worse. So you can go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and use code locked on to save more than $360 on one of these things. You can get these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus an additional $20 off. Once again, that is code locked on at jacemedical.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Crossover Thursday. Gino Camilleri, Luke Braun, Locked on Eagles, locked on Vikings. Once again, you're not in a time warp. This isn't the episode from last year, week two. This is Thursday. We're in 2023, week two. The 1-0 Eagles coming off of a 25-20 to victory over a team which I thought they should blow out. And I think Minnesota thinks that they should have won that game as well. Here we are once again, week right. two. Let's talk about the big storyline, Luke. I think everybody is coming to the main event. JJ Everybody's going to watch Slay. JJ baby. versus Slay. It, it, it's the matchup we Slay's all want to see. He's been a Viking killer his whole career. Go back to Detroit. He, he has. He's, and yeah. That's funny because against 
Devontae Adams, he's horrendous. So it's like against the NFC North, his spreads are either he dominates or he just gets taken advantage of. Like those guys Devontae know each Adams. other. That's that's what's kind of fun about it. You know, those I mean, Slay has known Adams for their entire careers, literally, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, so now we is... know each other. And and when you know each other that well, look, the NFC East knows this. When you know each other that well, it sort of takes the priors out of the window a little bit and kind of anything can happen. That's why you get, you know, major upsets. Like I'm thinking about like the Browns Bengals game mm-hmm. last week, you know, like that kind of thing will happen when you know each other really well. I wonder if if you're just in like a quarter, quarter, half kind of world. Um you just put the half side to Jefferson and just call like, I think it's the same call that it was last year. It'd be Zeus 18, um, which is half safety to the side of wherever 18 is mm-hmm. and then quarters to the other side. Um, and then you have to kind of say, all right, we'll make DJ Hawkinson or Jordan Addison beat us. But we didn't have either of those guys last time we played. Yep. Um, and that's been the the mission of the Vikings has been to find a counterpunch when Teams put a half safety over Justin Jefferson. Can that guy be Addison? I think he got open a lot last week, but there was pressure. There was problems with stunts. Uh, is, you know, can that be TJ Hawkinson? It was in several occasions. Mac Jones threw for over 300 yards. I think we have a, a more prolific passing offense than the Patriots. So what happened there? And can, is, that the something that the, is there something there that the Vikings can see and exploit? So I will say... Those numbers are definitely a little bit extrapolated when you look at the context of what that defense had okay. to go through. Because there was a stretch at the end of the first half where the Eagles offense went four straight drives, four straight drives of three and out, which quite literally never happened one time all of last year. So the defense <laughs> we had like four games like that last year. Oh, <laughs> man, there were times, trust me, as an Eagles fan, I've been oh. there before. I went through Sam Bradford and you did hey, too so who I among know us yeah <laughs> who has it right sam and jalen rager those two guys yeah so we'll lift sam that. bradford jalen rager <laughs> but no if you club. if you look back at it jalen rager Eagles. who was uh in new england he's on the practice squad over there now oh he, he was he, in, yeah, yeah we you just won a jalen rager revenge game again oh heck yeah man we're on the revenge <laughs> game tree here right now but no getting getting back to seriousness and players that can actually play ball uh mac jones he did a great job taking advantage of the middle of the field. And why was that? Well, one, the Eagles defense was on the field for a boatload of snaps, a boatload. Okay. And they were exhausted and they were put in some backed up situations with their special teams unit with the offense, giving them bad field position. Look at Jalen Hurts where he fumbled the ball with five minutes left in the game and the plus territory around the 30. But the Eagles defense did a great job in contextually good situations, so like stopping them late. But in those areas where Mac Jones had a lot of success, in that middle eight part of the game to open up the third quarter, areas where it really mattered, it was we are going to take advantage of the size matchup we have. We have Hunter Henry. We have Mike Gesicki. N'Kobe Dean goes out of the game, our number one linebacker. He has a walking boot. He's out for four weeks. Hmm. The two linebackers we have behind him are Zach Cunningham, who was signed like three weeks ago, And it's just been a journeyman around the NFL. And Christian Ellis, who is a perennial special teamer, who actually had the green dot taken off of his helmet after N'Kobe Dean went out because they couldn't get the defense on the same page. And they gave it to Reed Blankenship, who probably also won't be playing this game. So if you're saying, TJ Hawkinson, go do what those guys did against two replacement level linebackers, a safety and 
I don't know who it's going to be. It's probably going to be Justin Evans as your number one, who is not very good. Sidney Brown didn't play a single snap at safety last week. And Terrell Edmonds was playing free safety when he's a five to 10 yard box type of safety player. So the Eagles middle of the field game plan was not very good. If I'm Minnesota and I'm saying, okay, Slay is taking care of what Justin Jefferson is doing out there. Josh Job is doing a good enough job with that half safety help. We're going to attack the middle of the field. I think that's where things really open up because if TJ Hawkinson gets ahead of steam underneath him and he's got to go win a route against Christian Ellis or Zach Cunningham, he's probably going to win nine out of 10 times. And that's what happened. That was the story. Hmm. We knew that if you took away the middle of the field, you beat Bill Belichick. That's what he does. That's what he's always done. And he said, I'm going to win the middle of the field. And that's why they were in that game. And frankly, the Eagles should be petrified of what TJ Hawkinson can present to this offensive game plan for the Vikings, because we know the front is good. We know the outside corners are good. But the middle of the field is the biggest in terms of surface area that you have to defend. And if you don't have athletes that can defend that area, losing those four guys and Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, Kaiser White, and TJ Edwards, it's already coming back to bite them within a week. Wow. I just will will not argue with any of that. Instead, let's flip to uh, – I, I, I want to ask about one other thing. <laughs> Hope on I gave you enough on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vikings fans are going to love to hear all that. Uh, <laughs> but – so on the other side of the ball, so something that uh, Belichick did, and you will be shocked, shocked to learn that Brian Flores approaches things kind of the same way. Uh, a lot of zero blitzing with off men on the back end, mm-hmm. and it seemed to have a pretty strong effect on uh, the on on Jalen Hurts. You already mentioned some of the pressure, and hey, glass houses. The the Vikings O line had its fair share of problems as well. Mm-hmm. Tons of free rushers with all of those Todd Bowles blitzes they dealt with. Um, but what are, are, what's the adjustment that the Eagles are going to have to make to against that? Cause they're going to see the same thing. Flores is going to see all that work and he's going to rush all of his fancy mm-hmm. zero blitzes from their Bengal look, which is their eight on the line. Look, uh, off man coverage on the back end and, you know, cover zero. So are the Eagles going to be able to generate explosives against cover zero, which is, I mean, that's the counter punch, right? When you have no safeties, mm-hmm. sometimes that can get killed over the top. Will the Eagles be able to do that? Were they able to do that at all versus the Patriots? I only saw a couple of plays, but it looked like that was um, that 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 got him a little bit. I think the bigger issue for Jalen Hurts was going against that prototypical Ripley's quarter style coverage. Keep everything underneath in Bill Belichick's world, right? Because yep. the way that it was working, they weren't motioning anybody on offense. They weren't doing those quick hitter type of plays to get that ball in space to kind of counteract that. Because if the rush is coming forward and the guys are playing off, you're thinking three to seven yards. That's where I want to take advantage of. I would expect more motion in this offense this week. I think getting AJ Brown, just like a free release motioning across the formation, just a little sprint out to get him out on a little out route. Those are things you're going to have to kind of do because Luke, if I'm positive, you're going to be playing more man than you are zone defensively. Yeah, but maybe not press. So he might just get those okay. releases. Yeah, so the, if you give him that free release, that's where I would be worried because he does a very okay. good job with those timing routes and especially with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, two very good route runners. If you're not going to jam me, and especially a guy as big as A.J., who can get down and sink his feet as quickly and A.J. Could, or Jalen could throw that ball on time, mm-hmm. that's what I would be worried about. But if you bring that pressure and you keep everything underneath 
with a little bit of intermixing that off man. Sometimes you play at the line, show Jalen one thing before the snap, bring him back off the line or vice versa. Those are the areas where if you make Jalen Hurts think for a second and that deep or the offensive line, which still gave him around three seconds, three and a half seconds to throw last week. If he has to get off his platform and run, that's what you want to see. It's crazy to say out loud, but Jalen Hurts just works better under the pocket. So you have to find a way as the Eagles offense to one, include more. Where's my hot? They didn't do a great job at that last week. When you see the linebacker mugging up, they didn't really have a counteract to the hot route. They need to find that. They need to get the ball in space to DeAndre Swift quickly. If you see that defense pressuring forward, I'm going to swing that ball out to a guy who's extremely electric, who only got one target all of last week, and get Dallas Goddard involved. Their best play, in my opinion, is a tight end screen. Man, you get those offensive linemen going forward with the defensive line coming at Jalen Hurts with all that field ahead of them. Just those quick hitters. I think just getting this offense in a rhythm will open up those shots that they weren't able to get going because Bill did such a great job. We're going to wrap things up with Gino, but first, the sponsor of this Crossover Thursday, as with all the Crossover Thursdays, is Prize Picks. It's Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Daily Fantasy. Honestly, kind of an optimized game by like a whole bunch of sharps. That isn't fun for, you know, regular Joes like you and me to play. But at prize picks, you can just pick a bunch of squares, your favorite players, two to six of them, and then whether or not they'll do better or worse than their prize picks projection. That can be fantasy points and even stuff like yards and touchdowns. Uh, And you'll smash them all together so that if you get them all right, you get a bigger payout. I have been having all kinds of fun with prize picks. Uh, we'll do on Fridays our prize picks, prized picks with uh, <laughs> prize picks, obviously, except for the short week that's making things a little bit weird. But hey, if you can still play, you don't need me to do it. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Code also locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everyone, welcome back. Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings, Gino Camilleri, myself of Lockdown Eagles. Once again, Luke, Eagles Vikings, week two. I think we've done a, a pretty good job of breaking down what is going to be the game plan offensively, defensively, what are going to be the key matchups. What, if you were to boil it down, are the three things Minnesota must do to win this game come Thursday night? I hate to be a cliche. I did it last week. I said fundamental football. (laughs) Yeah, this one's going to be one in the trenches. How about that for a a nice hackneyed thing? It's going to be the trenches, both sides of the ball. So there's one and two is the trenches. And then um, I think three is just going to be that they have to survive on the back end against like A.J. Brown uh, and Devonta Smith. I don't know why his name just escaped me. Uh, There's your three. But I think the trenches is especially on the offense. The Eagles have some dogs. Uh, I, I I heard about what Jalen Carter did. Um, Should see it. <laughs> I do. I will go see it. Uh, hopefully at some point before this game. But I'm aware. <laughs> and <laughs> the the Vikings have to survive there. I am not looking for the, the Eagles have a better group up front than the Vikings do on uh, their D line versus our O line. Like that is just a better roster than our O-line roster. So I'm not mm-hmm. looking for them to go dominate. I'm just looking for them to survive. I think if they can survive, 
then they can set everything else up for the Vikings to kind of take advantage of where they do have advantages roster-wise. But they just have to survive. They don't have to win every rep. I'm expecting some amount of pressure, but I just need it to be sensible. Um, and then uh, on the other side of the ball, I think you do need to generate a little bit of disruption. Daniel Hunter is still Daniel Hunter, mm-hmm. but uh, Marcus Davenport is has been, he'll probably be questionable with an ankle injury. He was a game time decision last week. He didn't go. So we'll see what happens there. And then, you know, they, they're kind of down to their depth. And on the interior, as much as I love Harrison Phillips, outside of him, it's like Jonathan Bullard, who was a rotational player last year. Dean Lowry, who's like a dirty work guy, and he's not really like the key to any. I mean, he's he's springs other people, but who are who are those other people? Um, it's a group that is ha, I, I've been concerned about all offseason. Um, and I would be concerned about looking at the names on the offensive line if you didn't tell me they actually are secretly bad now. So that's uh fantastic. <laughs> so feeling good about that. <laughs> the numbers will say it, but yeah, let's see if they show up. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see who shows up. And then it's just a matter of like A.J. Brown is going to have moments where the Vikings are doing a cover zero blitz. A.J. Brown gets a free release. He gets to run whatever route he wants. How do you survive that? Right. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be I mean, are you going to put Byron Murphy one on one with A.J. Brown? Are you all right with that size mismatch? Or is it going to be like a Caleb Evans who's CB2 who's in his first year starting? Uh, Who's going to do that? He's bigger, but he's also newer and mm-hmm. less experienced. Although I'm pretty happy with the way he, he played last week. Um, so I don't know. There's a, a few of those places it, in general survive where you're not the better player. You just got to like rise to the challenge and, you know, go toe to toe where in places where you're not the better player. And if that's the case, then it can become about what what can Justin Jefferson do in this scenario? And I feel much better about the game coming down to that rather than coming down to can backup center Austin Schlotman survive Jalen Carter? Not feeling great about that one because Garrett Bradbury is probably out for this one. He hurt his back. New England did a pretty good job with 60% of their offensive line missing, but still, I, I'm going to counteract your point there and say this the survival element, it, it's a real thing because it, it's almost like playing. If you've ever played Call of Duty Zombies, it's like, oh, we made it through wave one, like on to the next one. Like that's what it is with the Eagles D line. It, it's not just Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis or Fletcher Cox, whatever combo they start with. It's Milton Williams, who might be one of the most underrated interior defensive always, linemen in the entire sport. You guys always have like sport. 10 deep at D-line. Like, well, we got like 12 of these guys. I, I don't know. Luke, I don't know. How did I, – I, I literally just <laughs> – It's like the play. Vikings getting receivers. It's like just always. Yeah, the, it's, it's – 60 it's, years, they've always had maniacal at least laughter of your front guys. office when you guys got Justin Jefferson and my maniacal laughter of how we got Jalen Carter of why is this keep happening. Well, I'm laughing with you there, by the way. It, it shouldn't – I can't it, believe it. It's unbelievable. They, who we'll have to talk about this separately, but what do these teams not know that Howie Roseman knows? And he, he did a great job, but the, the survival back to it, the survival element. It's like, Oh man, we got to deal with Hassan Riddick and Josh sweat, but Oh, we're going to bring Brandon Graham off of the bench. Who's like still performing at a very high level. But the thing with that is that new England did a great job of counteracting is they got the ball out in two and a half seconds out of Mac Jones hands. If you could get the ball out and that rush. Yeah. If their hands on them, and they need like 0.2 seconds to take them down, that 0.2 seconds matters. If it was 2.7, 2.9, yeah, you probably have more sacks. If they can get Kirk Cousins to hold onto it a little bit longer, I think that's how you win on the defensive line and just keep bringing that pressure. But to me, it's how do you take away the middle of the field on a short week where you're potentially out three of your starters 
on safety, on linebacker. How are you going to take away TJ Hawkinson? Because you know the the primetime fight. You know that Jordan Addison is going to have some good battles with Josh Job. But who's going to defend this guy? I'm confident the Eagles can stop the run. They have a lot of guys on that interior that did a great job of doing it against Ramondre and Zeke last week. But they didn't counteract Hunter Henry. They didn't counteract Mike Gusecki. How do you counteract TJ Hawkinson? I think he's the ultimate X factor. But for the Eagles offense, I'd say, like you said, win the one-on-ones. Byron Murphy, decent player. Caleb Evans, a bigger player. How do they match that up? I think they go with the Christian Gonzalez approach where you put him on a bigger body like A.J. Brown in terms of Evans, and then you let Byron Murphy go one-on-one with Devontae Smith. But I'm still confident. actually. So that might be up to the Eagles. Okay, yeah. So however the Eagles want to take advantage of that, I think win those matchups. But those guys are going to have to come out and succeed as well. And if they don't have time and Jalen gets off of his platform, that scramble drill will be huge. And who's good in that environment? The outside receivers. We'll see if the running backs can get it going without Kenneth Gainwell. We'll see if they incorporate Dallas Goddard. But it's those two all-pro guys on the outside, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think for Jefferson, the best way to stop Justin Jefferson is to stop Kirk from getting the ball out, right? Yeah. Um, that was something that they struggled with last week. And I should mention, because I, I haven't mentioned it yet, the Vikings outgained the Buccaneers by like 100 yards. Like oh, yeah, it wasn't better. even close. Three turnovers. That was the game, right? Mm-hmm. So protect the ball. Like, that's probably a bigger, like, you, you have to protect the ball. You cannot do that again and expect to ever win a game. So Yeah, that's the formula, man. And I, I think it's who survives the, the, the original punch and who has the best counter punch. Because we know that yep. both of these teams got dogs on the outside. They got dogs in the trenches. We got dogs here on the mics here at Lockdown Boys. Let's go. <laughs> so for me, Gino Camilleri and Luke Braun, Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Vikings. Once again, thank you for joining us here on Crossover Thursday, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, presented by Prize Picks, your team each and every day. Make sure you tune in for the post game on both of our shows. We'll see you tomorrow and best of luck to both the teams.